Welcome to That We May Be One, a podcast aimed at sharing the stories and testimonies of our ward members to foster a greater sense of love and community. Hello, sisters. Today we get a special bonus interview with the wonderful missionaries serving in our ward, Sister Turnbow and Sister Shepherd. Sister Turnbow grew up in Florida before moving to Utah as a teen, and she is the youngest of four kids. Sister Shepherd is from Utah and is the oldest of four kids in her family. Both sisters previously attended BYU and both have just a few months left on their missions. I have loved having these sisters in my home for dinner, having them share their testimonies with my children, and just generally share their light with us. These are special missionaries, and I hope you enjoy this interview conducted by Nikki Steers. Hi, sisters. Today we have a special treat. Today we get to hear from Sister Turnbow and Sister Shepherd, our ward sister missionaries. Hi, sisters. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming over. We're literally squeezed into my small little guest room. All three of us were just kind of huddled up in a corner, and uh, I'm excited for this next hour. Yeah, let's get started. So first, I wanted to share something. Um, recently, our families had the privilege of having the sisters living in our mother-in-law suite that's attached to the side of our house. And so they live there and like the last couple weeks they've been there and, um, you know, the walls are not perfectly soundproof. And, um, one thing I love about having the sisters next to me is that I can hear them giggling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the cutest. You can tell that they get along really well and that um, that they enjoy each other. And um, I just love the, the sound of laughter that fills my home or that fills that side of the wall when, <laughs> <laughs> when they're home. So thank you, sisters. Aww, thank you. We love living with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. It has. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so sisters... So I guess first, let's go ahead and have you guys introduce yourself. Number one, we can um, recognize your voices and also get to know both of you. So Sister Turnbow, can you go first? Yes. Okay. So um, as I said in my intro, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. I lived there until I was 15. Um, things I liked to do there was I loved catching lizards. I loved swimming in the pool and going to the beach. Um, I've like loved school ever since I was little. And so I've always like loved to go to school. Um, and then when I was 15, we moved to Orem, Utah. It was to follow my siblings. I'm the youngest. And so we had to like pack up and, and follow them when they had like settled in Utah, which was awesome actually, because I have six nieces and nephews. And so that was a big change. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. Great. Great. What about you, Sister Shepherd? Well, I'm Sister Shepherd. I'm from West Jordan, Utah, and I'm the oldest of four. So it goes me and then a 19 year old brother, Hayden an 18-year-old sister, Madison, and then a 13-year-old brother, Anderson. And I love all of them so much. My family is like my favorite thing in the world. But before I came on a mission, I was also at BYU, and I was there for three semesters, majoring in undecided. (laughs) (laughs) And we're still undecided until God helps me figure out what to do. Um, But yeah, I've been on a mission for 15 months, and like kind of like a fun little thing is I was so picky of, like, food before I came out. I didn't even like cornbread. And now I love <laughs> cornbread. It's delicious. So mission helps you. <laughs> so how does it help you? Because I know that that's a concern for some kids, is is going into people's homes and, like, having to eat members' food. Mm-hmm. How have you overcome that? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I feel like for me the mission has helped me like be able to be a lot more like talkative and like be able to like get to know people better and like one of the teaching skills you work on as a missionary is asking questions and that's just helped me I don't know be able to have deeper conversations with people instead of just like the very basic like boring like hey how are you good okay like you can ask so many more questions and get to know people so much more yeah so I feel like that's like just a very normal skill that the missions help me like grow awesome so just mm-hmm. learning how to be more interested in people yeah yeah for sure great and then um I love that that's like a social skill that you can use like your whole life yeah um so the food part did you just have to like force yourself to eat things that you don't like Either, I, I don't know, either I've just, like, grown and matured and my taste buds have matured, or I'm just a pig now. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just decided I like food. I don't know what's happened. I decided I like food. Did you have something similar like that happen to you on your mission? Yes, I was a picky eater before, too. But, like, really, I feel like God changes your taste buds when you serve a mission. And also, kind of, yeah, like, you just are so hungry (laughs) like you're working so hard all day and like food is like one of the only like really things that like satisfy that can satisfy our bodies that we can do and so I don't know like you just eat whatever's put in front of you honestly (laughs) that's so good that makes us feel better as members too that you don't really care what we're feeding you you just want to eat basically yeah right we're just grateful we didn't have to cook it and that you guys are having us over we're so thankful (laughs) And I think we've also, or we've also been blessed to be able to uh, see Sister Shepherd from the beginning to like the end, because you, this was your, our, our ward was your first mm-hmm. um, area, right? Right. And so now here you are 15 months later, mm-hmm. almost done. And so I, nice. I know I've seen, you know, a maturity and a growth in you that, you know, that has been, it's been fun to see. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go into um, your hobbies a little bit. What do you guys like to do? Um, like I said, I love school. I love running. Um, I Something a little silly, fun fact about me, is I love to rip stick. It's like a skateboard, but it's kind of like a fish. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. one of those things you just have to, you just have to see it to like know it. It rotates in the middle. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Um, I love doing that. Um, other hobbies, I, let's see, like... School-wise, I am. I when I left on my mission, I was um, going to be in the. I was going to do business. I had like applied and like gotten into my major and like had accepted it and everything. I was going to do business with a, an emphasis in information systems um, because I actually love coding and I love computers. Um, but on my mission, I've kind of felt um, put in a different direction. So I'm not quite sure where that would take me. But I feel that what I had originally decided isn't right. Um, otherwise, I also, like, love to work with, like, special needs people. That's something that's been a big passion in my life. Um, and so I've done a lot of that growing up. Great. Great. So is that what you're going to go towards, special needs, you think? Probably not. I don't know. In my eyes, I am kind of thinking that, like, that's a really hard, like, career. And it's, like, something that I love so much. And I feel like oftentimes if we, like, make something that we love so much, like, our career, then it becomes work. Like, no mm-hmm. matter what it is, like, if you make your career, it becomes work. And it kind of takes the joy out of it. And so I would think I'd rather just spend a lot of time doing it, like, volunteer-wise. I understand. And that's why I've never become, like, a like a professional baker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which you totally could be. Oh, you're so, so sweet. Good. I don't I don't know. But I do. I have thought about it. And I'm like, 
like, no, because then it would be work. You know? <laughs> and I would right. have to do it. And like, and someone would be telling me to do it instead of me wanting to do it mm-hmm. when I could. So I understand. And that's, that's wise to know that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Sister Shepherd, what about you? Hobbies? What do you like? Um, I love to read. I love Harry Potter a lot. Oh. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah, so I read a lot of books before the mission, and now I just read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also played basketball in high school before my mission, so I loved basketball, and then I ran a little bit. Though I'm not a runner. Sister Turbo is a runner. I'm not a runner. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I mostly just like, like, no, at home I like to go to the gym and work out. I didn't have a lot of hobbies. This was either like sleeping, <laughs> hanging out with my friends, watching Netflix, or like going to the gym. It's yeah. a very boring life. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. So, um, what about any family traditions that you guys enjoy or look forward to going back home to? I don't know. Something that like my family loves to do together that kind of comes from my dad, is we love to watch Looney Tunes. Oh. Like, that is something that, like, my family can all get behind. Except my mom, she thinks it's kind of dumb. <laughs> but my family loves to watch Looney Tunes together. Um, and also, like, a Christmas tradition that I grew up with is that we, every, like, Christmas Eve, we would have a big Nerf war. Oh, I like that. That was really fun. That's fun, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sister Shepherd? Um, one of my family traditions is every June we go to Park City and have, um, what is that called? Like a family reunion there. Because mm. my grandparents have a timeshare at one of the hotels. And it's just fun to like be with my grandparents and be with my family and cousins and like go swimming in the pool or like play like, I don't know, walking around Park City and the mountains. And it's just beautiful. And it's springtime right now. So I swear everywhere I turn, I'm just like reminded of Park City in some yeah. way. So I'm really excited to go and do that again. Yeah. Next year, huh? Next year. You're going to yeah. miss it this year. That's okay. I'll be fine. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I guess let's talk about how you decided to go on your mission. All right. Well, I like growing up kind of always wanted to go. I thought that it would be a great experience. My brother had gone um, and... I don't know, just, like, I had, like, a testimony of the gospel, and I wanted to share it with others. I, like, felt just kind of always that God had blessed me so much, and that I wanted to, like, thank him. I wanted to do something to help him with his job, which is to bring us back to him. And, but then when I turned 19, like, it suddenly became real, you know, and it's a big, big commitment, and I was afraid of a lot of things. I was afraid of waking up at 6.30 every day. I was afraid of leaving (laughs) my family. Um, I was afraid of even like, yeah, the food that I'd be, I would be given and those kinds of things. Um, and it took me a while to really like commit to serving a mission. I remember going back and forth about it a lot and I had some good friends at the time and I would ask people like whether or not I should serve a mission, their advice. And a a piece of advice that I got was that just like start your mission papers And as you do them, like, God will guide you, and you'll know at the end if you should go or not. And that's what I did. And I remember just, like, I got my call. And there's, like, after you get your call, you have to accept your call in order to go. And and I remember, like, sitting with the computer on my lap, like, in the living room, just on any, like, Tuesday afternoon or whatever. And I just said a little prayer, and I had my screen open. And I was like, Heavenly Father, is this what you want me to do? And I just felt like overwhelming, like peace and like, yes, answer. So I just wrote my little paragraph and submitted it. And here I am. So it's like, not like a big, like one time thing. It was like very line upon line. Like I feel good as I go kind of thing. 
Yeah, I like that um, you had to have the faith to move forward, right? Like that was really good advice. Just move forward and in the process of signing, you know, or going that way and, um, and see how you feel. And I think that is a life lesson. That's how a lot of decisions are made, I think. Just move in a direction and see what, how, how, and God will tell you if it's right or not, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. Um, what about you, Sister Shepherd? Um, mine was a little bit not as faithful as Sister Shepherd, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to serve a mission when I was younger. And so, like, I graduated high school and went to BYU, and all of my high school friends left and went on missions, and I thought they were absolutely insane. I did not understand why they would want to do that. And I went to school, and I met my two best friends at college, and then after our freshman year, they both left and went on missions. And I was just like, what is going on with all these people? Like, why would you do that? I was so confused. But I had been noticing that ever since I graduated from high school, that every day I had been having a thought about serving a mission. And I had just convinced myself that I was having these thoughts because literally everyone I knew was going on a mission, that it was just all around me, even though we all know that it was a spiritual prompting. <laughs> and I just kept shoving that thought away. But then it was the summer before my sophomore year of college, and I was talking to my mom and I was kind of like freaking out because I was about to be a sophomore and I still didn't like have a major. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like, Mom, I need to, I need to figure it out because now it's time to get serious about college. My freshman year is over. And she said, well, have you read your patriarchal blessing? And I was like, no, that does not tell me anything. Like, it's not <laughs> helpful. And she's like, okay, like, let's sit down and read it together. And we sat down and read it. And I was just reading it and searching for, like, any word or any thought in my head that would tell me what major to choose or what my career should be. And we read it through it, and at the end, my mom said, okay, like, what were the thoughts? Like, what, what do you think? And I just broke down crying, and I said, mom, the only thought that I had was about serving a mission, but I don't want to serve a mission. <laughs> and I was bawling, and my mom was laughing at me, and then my dad came out, and he's like, what's going on? And I explained to him what was going on, and he's like, well... Like, it's okay, because you're a girl, you don't have to serve a mission. And I was still crying, and I was like, I know, then why do I keep having these thoughts? And he was like, well, here's, how about this? Like, in three months, you'll be back at college with friends who aren't going on missions. Like, if it's still a thought in your head then, then we can focus on that. Then we can, like, re, like, come back to this. I was like, awesome, let's keep pushing off these spiritual promptings. <laughs> so I go back to school, and it's... Like three months later, I'm doing my homework for my Doctrine and Covenants class, and I was reading the story about Joseph Smith and Martin Harris and how they lost the 116 pages, and I had to write my thoughts about it. And I remember I was typing on my computer, this is a really good example of why we need to listen to Heavenly Father the first time he tells us to do something. And as soon as I wrote those words, I heard a voice in my head say, oh really, Carlin? <laughs> then why aren't you listening to the prompting to go on a mission? And I was just like shook. And there was lots more tears and a lot more resistance. But like by the end of the week, I was like, okay, like Heavenly Father obviously wants me to do this. So then it was kind of like trying to be humble. And I just went for it. And it was crazy how fast everything lined up. Like I was able to submit my papers, like get all my doctor's appointments that, sorry, done in a week. 
and then my papers were submitted and it was just like God was waiting for me to just be on board. In a week? Mm-hmm. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> that is such a great story. Thank I love you. that. Thank you, ladies. Mm-hmm. Such different stories. <laughs> but like in a good way, because everybody's story is different, right? And like the, spe- the spirit speaks to us differently. And so thank you. I mean, I think that if we all had the same story, then it would be easy for us to be like, well, my story is not like that. So I obviously don't have to go, (laughs) but everyone has to have personal revelation in their own way, Mm -hmm. you know? So thank you for, that's a great example of that. Okay. So what about your relationships in your life? What relationships have most impacted you? Um, Of course, my family. I am the youngest. I have three older siblings. Um, and my siblings are wonderful. They are um, kind and they're stable and they're married and they have kids and they were always so nice to me growing up. Um, my parents, likewise, are incredible. Um, they were actually high school sweethearts. My parents have been together since they were 14 years oh old, which is nuts. <laughs> but um, they are great examples to me in every way. They are humble and peaceful. I didn't grow up with really any contention in my home for my siblings or my parents. Um, and they just, they taught me so much growing up. Um, and another relationship that's been very impactful in my life is my sister, Ashley. She has autism. Um, she's nine years older than me. Um, and she is just wonderful. I could talk about her for hours. She loves, um, she loves bunnies. She loves Disney, and actually a lot of, like, her communication comes from, like, lines of Disney movies. She, like, uses them so appropriately, <laughs> and um, we ended up being, like, together as, as like, the only kids in our, in our immediate family for a long time because my siblings are, are a little bit older than me, and so the, it was just the two of us from the time I was, like, 12 in my house, and we are just so close. We're just the best of friends, and... Um, some things that she's taught me in my life are, she's taught me a lot of patience. She taught me a lot of unselfish love. She um, is, of course, a little bit different than the rest of us, and she um, speaks differently, and she acts differently. Um, but she is just so happy all, almost all the time and so loving. I remember, like, going to school, high school, and just like being in my last period and being like so excited to go home and give her a hug because she would give me a hug every time I came home from school. And um, kind of another way that she's impacted me is that um, like she she's taught me a lot about eternal family because um, she one of her favorite um, movies, one of her favorite Disney movies is The Fox and the Hound. And, um, there, she, like, watches that all the time, and there's, like, a line in there, and it always makes her cry when she watches it, and it's when the, the fox and the hound are talking to each other, and, and one of them says, Copper, you're my very best friend, and we'll always be friends forever. And I remember her in her little Ashley way, like, coming up to me one day and saying, Sadie, you're my very best friend. And we'll always be friends forever. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten that. And 
Um, she is just shaped, I feel like, every, every part of me. And so that's a couple relationships that have been impactful yeah. in my life. I love that. She's the oldest? No, she's actually not. It's um, a brother. Okay. Then her and then a sister and then me. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. What a blessing. Yeah. Sister Shepherd, what about you? Um, I think my family has definitely been relationships that are most impactful. Specifically, um, my mom and my dad, they have um, obviously raised me, so that was impactful, but taught me a lot about, like, trusting in God, and my dad is an example to me of, like, perseverance. He is in sales, so, like, business, and he's always trying to find, like, I swear, he never sticks with a job for more than, like, three or five years until he's looking for a next job to, like, improve or get more money, I don't know, but he was always, I feel like we were always fasting for my dad in this, like, next job that he wanted like we'd be fasting that his interview would go well or that he'd be able to that he'd be able to get the the job that he wanted and it was interesting because for a while there was this one company that he wanted to like be with and he was like if I um get hired in this company like that'll be it then I'll be there forever or something like that like this was just where he wanted to be and he had this opportunity and he interviewed for it and we were just all praying and fasting for him and like beforehand our prison fast had always been answered like he always got the job whenever we fasted and he got this interview and he got down to like the last two people for this position and it ended up going to the other person and I was we were just kind of like confused because my dad was very qualified for this job um but then he found another company that he worked for and then like a couple years later he ended up finding an even better position with this dream company that he ended up getting hired into and just kind of he showed me how you can how to be patient in like the Lord's timing and that maybe that wasn't the right time for him to have this job but his perseverance to keep going and keep finding other opportunities and continue to trust in the Lord was huge for me mm. and yeah yeah that's great no um I love that. Just watching your own parents exercise yeah. their own faith mm -hmm. and patience and like finding the positive from, you know, maybe times before they were uncertain. Mm -hmm. Like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Right. Why didn't it work out? Mm -hmm. And then being able to ex explain to your own children, this is the blessing that came from not right. having what I wanted, but yeah. there was like a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Like that. Okay, what life experiences have led you to trust in the Lord? Um, I can think of a few. One of the most impactful, um, was, um, having to do with my dad. So he, um, he served as a bishop twice growing up. Um, and so he like was magnifying his calling a lot. And my ward in Florida had a really fun thing. Every Christmas they put on a night in Bethlehem. It was a great missionary opportunity. It was, it, and it was a big production. It was, um, like a, a setup of like a Hebrew town with like different stations and like different things to do in each station. And then there was like hot chocolate and cookies in the gym. Um, and then there's also like a whole play, like a whole production about the birth of baby Jesus. And people would come from all different religions and like all over town and made it a tradition in their, in their families to go. And 
it often like fell on our ward to set it up. Um, and my dad was there every year setting up this night in Bethlehem and it was kind of a, it was kind of a lot to do. Um, but he, one, one year he went and set up and he came home with a little scratch on his nose. So what had happened was he was trying to get something off of a tall shelf and it wasn't super heavy or anything, but it fell on him a little bit and just gave him a little scratch on his nose. Not, nothing too bad. Um, but a couple of months went by and the scratch on his nose wasn't healing and it was really weird. And so he finally went to the doctor and the doctor sent him to a dermatologist and eventually they found out that he actually had skin cancer mm-hmm. and that skin cancer was right there on his nose and he never would have known. Like there's no way that he would have known unless he had gotten that scratch on his nose and gotten it checked out. And that was a testament to me of a couple of different things. Um, the one, just that God is so aware. And two, the value of being where you're supposed to be um, and, and be doing God's work. Because if my dad had stayed home and decided not to go to that setup, which he easily could have justified, then that never would have happened. And um, it also just, I don't know, brought a lot of gratitude to my heart that like God was taking care of us and taking care of my dad. Um, and of course, that kind of thing doesn't happen in every circumstance where where there's illness. Um, but it did teach me that like that it was God's will for my dad to get his cancer fixed for whatever reason at that time. And, and that was able to come to pass because my dad was doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that have kind of helped me trust God and build my testimony throughout my life were um, I really started reading the Book of Mormon seri- like with seriousness when I was about 12 years old. And I'd grown up loving primary. My mom was always the chorister. And then I went into Young Women's and learned so much there. And yeah, they challenged me to read the Book of Mormon. And I took that, I took that challenge and I would read it every day. And I remember um, finishing it and knowing that now it's time to pray about it. And so that's what I did. I knelt beside my bed and I prayed about the Book of Mormon. And I remember my answer coming as such. So my dad had, I'd asked my dad at one point how he knew that the Book of Mormon was true. And he told me that when he had prayed about it for the first time, that he had received an answer that was basically like, you already know that it's true because you've been reading it and you've, you've gained your witness of the Book of Mormon as you've been reading it. Um, and when I prayed about it, I remembered that. I remember my dad saying that, and I just realized that that's my witness too. I, as I read the Book of Mormon, and, and every time since, I felt power flow into my life as the prophets promised. I felt power to resist temptation. I felt happier. I felt um, just life coming to me in more abundance. I felt like the the courage to make good choices, and that's not what a regular book does, and. I just knew from, from that point on that the Book of Mormon was true. And in effect, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is Jesus Christ's kingdom here on earth. Um, and so that's how I gained my witness of the Book of Mormon. And, and that's, just, that's just pretty much continued ever since. And, and, you know, testimonies are always ebbing and flowing and going up and down. But I've always had a testimony of the Book of Mormon. And even in my life, when, when things haven't been great and I haven't been making the best of choices, I have always read the Book of Mormon every day, 
and that has definitely kept me afloat in my life. That's great. That's great. Well, well said. I like that a lot. Um, how has that helped you on your mission? Um, well, I feel like it did give me just a little bit of a head start because I had read the Book of Mormon and I, I knew all the stories in there. I knew some scriptures and I had that witness already, whereas a lot of missionaries come and they don't. And that's totally okay because we're all at different stages. But that did help me just from the beginning, having that testimony to be sharing it with others faster. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, like a little head start. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Sister Shepherd? Um, what life ex or no? No, that is right. What about you, Sister Shepherd? What life experiences have led you to trust in the Lord? Um, I think I've had a couple different life experiences, but one that is like was really impactful was um, right at the end of my senior year. I was about to go to BYU, and I had decided that was where I was going to go. And then I was trying to find housing for BYU. And that part was stressful because I'm the oldest, so I'm the guinea pig. So my parents have no idea what's going on. And it's true. It's true. I, literally. I can, I can test. Yes. <laughs> and so I had like, I was on the waiting list for like dorms at college. And that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the dorms at BYU. But I was on the waiting list and they told me that I want to get off the waiting list till August. Like I wouldn't find out if I got a room or if I did it till August and school started in August yeah. and I was like I kind of need to know where I'm gonna live before school starts so I again was the oldest didn't know how these things worked and was really stressed out about it and I was trying to figure out like should I go and buy an apartment or should I just wait and that was my money on the line right like now I was either gonna have to use my money and put a down payment on an apartment or I could just wait so I was very conflicted, but it was general conference coming up. So I was like, people had always told me, come into general conference with a question. And I was like, hey, this will be my question. Like, what should I do? And general came and then it went and I didn't get an answer. And that night at dinner, my mom was like asking us, she was like, hey, like, did you guys receive answers during general conference? And my sister, Madison, she received an answer. And her question was so like, it didn't even matter. The answer <laughs> to her question did not matter at all. And I was so annoyed with God. I was like, really? You answered Madison's question, but you're not going to answer my very important life question? <laughs> I was so annoyed. And then after dinner, I kind of like stormed off into my room and I like was just angry. And then I was like, okay, hey, well, I'm not going to get an answer if I'm angry at God. So I like prayed and I said, I'm sorry. And then I pulled out my scriptures, and the prophet had invited us to read from Joseph Smith history. So I started reading from Joseph Smith history, but then I had this thought to go back to First Nephi, where I had been reading before, and I like quickly brushed it away, and I was like, no, like the prophet told me to read in Joseph Smith history, I'm going to read here. And I ended up, but then I was like, wait, what if that's a spiritual prompting? Maybe I should go read in First Nephi. So I like went back to 1st Nephi chapter 17 and it was verses 13 and 14 which basically just talked about how Nephi was commanded to build a ship and the Lord promised to him that as like he builds a ship like he will be led to his promised land and once he gets there then the, he will be able to see how the Lord guided him to exactly where he needed to be. And for me that was like my answer from God like hey I'm going to you're, gonna, you're just going to have to trust me. Like, I'm going to get you to your promised land, your housing, right? 
And you're going to know it once you're there. You're going to see how I've been guiding you, but you're just going to have that faith in me right now. And so I didn't, I hadn't have faith in him and I made a lot of mistakes. Like I ended up making a down payment on an apartment. And then like a week after I did that, they were like, surprise, you got into the dorms. And I was like, yay. <clears throat> but like, oh no, now I have this apartment that I need to get rid of. <laughs> and my mom is just such an example of faith and trusting in the Lord and prayer. And she's like, that's okay. Like the Lord's going to take care of this. And me and my dad were freaking out. We're like, ah, what do we do? <laughs> but we ended up getting it sold on like Facebook marketplace and everything turned out exactly how it needed to be. And then like, just like the scriptures told me, like, once I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, like, Heavenly Father totally led me to the spot that I needed to be. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Love that. Just, you know, total faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've got two apartments. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, so how has, how have those lessons and learning about trust helped mm-hmm. you in your mission? Right. I think, like, those lessons and then the lesson I learned with like my like coming out on a mission and then other things other in my life have just helped me realize that God is actually there and that like I'm a planner but he always seems to ruin all of my plans you know (laughs) or not help me make a plan but being able to trust in him and see like I know from my past experiences that he's there and he's going to put me exactly where I need to be so I think on my mission I've been able to just trust that like Yes, I may not be the best teacher, or I may not know exactly how to door approach someone very well, but he's going to help me in everything, and this is his work, and he's just, I think that trusting in him has helped me be able to calm down and enjoy my mission and see all the miracles that he places all the time in my life. I love that. So you developed a relationship with him mm-hmm. through those experiences before your mission. Right. Same thing with you, Sister Turnbow, right? Like just learning how he works and seeing his hand in the scriptures and feeling that you developed the beginning of a relationship that you were able to bring into your mission. And um, would you say that that's about accurate for both of you? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I feel like my, my testimony has been strengthened a lot by my mission, but not forged. Gotcha. Tell me more about that. That's an interesting. That's like deep. That was a deep thought. (laughs) Pretty deep thought. It could be like a quote or something. (laughs) I don't know. I like. I've. I've felt that my my testimony is like gained just through my teenage years and through seeking it. It was a lot of effort. And I wanted a testimony, and so I found it. And so my, my mission has been mostly just sharing that with other people and helping them have a testimony. Gotcha. So when you're saying it it, it um, wasn't forged on your mission, you're saying you did the work before your mission, and it's not like it just came to you, but it was a lot of work, and that's where the forging came in. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Um Anything you want to add to that, Sister Shepherd? No, I think she said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so how have you nurtured your testimony so far? Or um, what have you done that you've noticed that has helped you nurture it? That is a good question. I think... Um, Really, like, I don't have a profound answer for this question because, like, the things that that nurture our testimonies are going to church, reading our scriptures, and saying our prayers. 
and there's no way around it and there's no way over it or under it. Those are the things that, that build our testimonies. And so those are the things that have, have built my testimony the most. And, and I have seen over and over again, when you keep doing those things, you have a testimony. If you just keep it up, I mean, sometimes it takes some time, but if you keep it up, you have a testimony. And if you don't, then you often don't. So it's, it's funny that you said that you have to do those things over and over again. Because my old bishop in Vacaville, he always had all kinds of sayings, like life, life sayings. And one of them were over and overs. And that was reading your scriptures, praying, and going to church. And those are like the same things you have to do over and over and over again, and like but how difficult it is. Um, so the over and overs is basically your answer, right? Yeah, yeah. over and overs. <laughs> yep. What about you? Um, I think my answer is the reading scriptures from hers. <laughs> um, I never truly dove into the scriptures until my mission, but reading the Book of Mormon has strengthened my testimony of Christ so much. He's become real to me, and I feel like I like feel his presence so much more just because of reading the book of mormon like when it says that it's another testament of jesus christ it really is talking about christ everywhere and i didn't know that i just thought it was stories about nephi and ammon but christ is in all of those stories and everywhere else and it's crazy cool yeah that's great that you're able to notice that Mm -hmm. makes it more meaningful um so i remember we, you had, um, so these sisters, if people don't know, they're the AP missionaries. Oh, yeah. I just outed them. They don't like it when people know that. But, I mean, what that means is that they get a lot of exchanges throughout the week. And so we have different missionary. One missionary will leave, and they'll get another missionary coming in for like a night or two. And I remember one missionary just this week, Sister Hill, she said that she studies her scriptures for an hour each day and it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us people that are not on missions, we think, well, an hour, like I can barely even get five minutes. <laughs> and then you think, well, what do you do for an hour? Do you just read? What does, so can you guys tell me a little bit about what your scripture study looks like for an hour? What do you do? How do you do that? Um, well, we, it's not just like flipping open like Moroni and like reading the whole book of Moroni every day. It's like, um, there's like a lot of, it's really whatever you make it, honestly, because you could read any scriptures, you can read conference talks, you could watch videos in Gospel Library. A lot of it is studying for lessons that we'll have that day. And so we're often studying the same kind of topics over and over and over again. There are 42 principles in Preach My Gospel that we know and we teach people who are learning about the gospel for the first time and we kind of just study those over and over and over again because our friends are going to have lessons about them that day and so we need to be prepared for those lessons um and yeah that's pretty much it we study what we want and we also study for our friends so you're studying by topic mm-hmm. essentially is that right yeah mm-hmm. and different missionaries do it differently but i think like we've been counseled to study by topic yes mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, what are what what can you take from that when you're done with your mission in three in three months? I think like yes, I do study by topic, but I also study with a question. So, like even I like when I don't go, like when I do go home and I don't have a full hour to do my personal study, I think I'm always going to have questions about the gospel that I want answered. 
And so whatever I'm reading, like usually I just read through the Book of Mormon chronologically and I'll just pick up on the next chapter, like the next day, right? But I'll have a different question. And somehow either in that chapter or like a resource from a talk that I'm led to, um, Heavenly Father answers like my question and helps me be able to feel the spirit. So I think what I'm going to take with me is going into my scripture study with a question and then just being open to the spirit to guide me wherever. Like maybe I'll start in the Book of Mormon, but maybe then I remember this conference talk by President Nelson that like is about the topic that I'm reading and then going there. So I think no matter what time, just trying to follow the spirit and getting the most out of what I can in the short time that I have to study. Yeah. So topic and question is mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so we have a little bit of time left. Ladies, I would love some words of wisdom for our youth. <laughs> Since you guys are closer to that than the rest of us ladies that are listening, right? You you have you understand what the youth are facing um, in this world right now and at school and whatnot. Um, do you have any advice um, for the youth or even for parents? of how to parent their youth at this time. And by the way, I did not prepare them for this question. (laughs) It just came to me and I thought I would ask. That's a great question. And I'm glad that you asked because the youth are like, are is like the youth is something that's really dear to my heart. Um, I think for parents, I'm just thinking back to like my own youth and I made a lot of mistakes, but I think my parents always knew that, like, they could they could trust me and that, like, I was going down the right path. They weren't too worried about me. I think things that they did that helped me the most is they shared their testimony with me, whether that was, like, them giving a talk in church and I was there or in a family home evening setting or, or things like that. Um, they They weren't, like, always on my back, if that makes sense. Sometimes I wasn't making the best of choices. Um, but they weren't hounding me every day about what I was wearing or like every day about not coming home on time (laughs) or things like that. They, they made their expectations clear, but they weren't always nagging me. And so I, I felt that I had the freedom to make my own choices, but that I wanted to do what they, what they wanted me to do. And I think above all, what helped me the most as a youth was just their example my parents are amazing and I knew that they had testimonies and that the choices that they had made in their lives had made them happier and better and that the counsel that they were giving me was out of love and was good advice and so I trusted them and I I wanted to make them happy I wanted to make them proud I wanted to have a good relationship with them and I also trusted that what they were telling me was true it was right and so I think those three things helped me the most as a youth. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. I think, like, thinking about the youth, as if I'm not one, <laughs> is I think about my siblings, and they're, like, on my mind constantly. And my brother right now, he isn't going to church, and that causes me a lot of consternation, which is a word I learned <laughs> in my junior year of high school. It means dread or dismay. <laughs> This is, this is your 19-year-old brother, right? Mm-hmm. My 19-year-old brother, Hayden. And he has just been, like, someone that I've been constantly praying for and trying to figure out, like, how to help him, my home missions, 
And I feel like, I don't know, right now there's a lot of kids like him, right? A lot of mm-hmm. kids that are kind of falling by the wayside or not doing what's right. And a lot of parents who are freaking out as I am freaking out. <laughs> and I think the thing that I like realized the most is, well, I actually ended up going on an exchange and talking to another sister about it because she had a brother who is no longer active. And I was like, how are you like so calm about it? Like, how are you not freaking out? We go out and we teach people all day long and help bring them to the gospel, but I can't even help my own brother come to the gospel, you know? And she was like, well, I just realized, like, Heavenly Father's got it. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. Like, Heavenly Father does have it. And so, like, what I had to do was every day, and I, like, still do it because I'm so bad at it, was, like, I prayed and I said, okay, Heavenly Father, like, I know Hayden is your son and that you have a plan for him that I don't understand at all. And I would love to see him, like, go on a mission and come to church right now. But I, like, get it if that's, like, not part of the plan. So I'm going to give, like, all my worries and all my thoughts to you and let you handle it. And I'm going to I'm gonna give Hayden to you. And I'm probably going to try to take him back every day, but I'm going to, you're going to just have to work with me. And I'm going to try to give Hayden to you. And it was interesting because as I did that, like, Hayden, like, had stopped coming, like, I, he stopped being a constant thought on my and worry on my mind all the time. And just trusting that God has him and that he's going to take care of him. So, like, I don't know. I think as parents, like, you guys will teach us and, like, help us. But in the end, like, Heavenly Father's got us, right? So just having faith and trust in him. But then for the youth, like, doing the overs and overs, right? Like, you have a question or you have a doubt, like, keep praying, keep reading your scriptures, go to church, like, just do the things, all the primary answers, and, like, you're just gonna grow your relationship with God and see how he's helping you all the time. That's great answers, ladies. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I have something to say about the youth as well. My advice for the youth would be um, exactly what Sister Shepard said. In addition, just, like, something I wanted to add is that I think a lot of youth um, they go to church, but they don't participate in church. And my dad has an analogy for that. And it's about the gym. It's kind of like if you like had a new year's resolution to go to the gym and like you'd lose 50 pounds in a year or whatever. And you went to the gym every day and you sat on a chair for an, an hour and then went home. You went to the gym, <laughs> but did you participate in the gym? <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the year, they say, well, I went to the gym every day, but I didn't lose 50 pounds. And that's an obvious answer because you weren't you weren't putting in the work. And I think that a lot of us fall into that same trap. And a lot of the youth especially, they feel like their parents are making them and they go to church, but they don't go to church. They don't participate in church. And therefore, they, at the end of their 18 years, living under their parents' house and and going to church every every week, they say, I've, I, I've been to church every week my whole life and I don't have a testimony, but they they didn't put any effort necessarily mm-hmm. to gain that testimony. And so if you truly, like as a youth, if you truly like desire to know, then you have to put in some effort. And you can't just expect a testimony to come because you go to church. Yeah, very wise. I think, um, I don't know. I sometimes wonder if um, life is a little easier for this generation. And we're not quite used to, like, the work, mm. right? Um, and so sometimes I think, sometimes it, I wonder if it is hard for them to work because 
maybe they haven't had to work before. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I think that's definitely true. I would agree with that a lot. Um, and I think we also like don't understand how good we have it, I think, too, a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, because when we don't, when we aren't challenged with, like, my my dad's going off to war, <laughs> or, like, I don't have enough food in my house to feed us all, when you're not challenged with things like that, then you still have challenges in your life um, that are a really big deal to you. Um, but maybe, like, you have never had to face something incredibly difficult. And so if you don't have practice with facing hard things, I think then when something hard comes to you, then you don't really know what to do. And so I think also a piece of advice for parents that we also heard from a member of the 70 just a little bit ago from state conferences is to it, like ask your kids to do hard things. And he said, see that they do them. And I don't know really what that would entail. <laughs> but... I think it's definitely appropriate as a parent to, to ask your, to your children to do hard things. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean by work. You said it much better and more clear than I did, but just, um, you know, the resistance, getting through the resistance of life Mm -hmm. and those challenges and just being okay. Like I think sometimes as parents, we want to make our kids comfortable and we want to shield them from difficult things, but really it's, it's within that resistance that they grow. And that we need to trust them that they can grow and they can face those hard things and that it's good for them, you know. And that sometimes it's better for our kids to go through, I mean, I would say it's always better for our kids to go through hard things in our under our roof than it is for them to face hard things for the first time as an adult, Definitely. you know. So um, being okay with your kids struggling a little bit, that's where growth happens. Mm-hmm. And we need to trust in our child that we don't have to pad them from that, but that they can grow in that time. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom being a great kind of guidance for me when I went through hard things. And I, I told her about this recently is like, I remember just like every time growing up when I'd complain about something, like something is hard, then she would just say, you can do hard things. Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't like inviting me to continue complaining about it to supporting me and helping me feel better about it, but not like letting, not giving me an excuse to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I was sorry. I'll just say this really fast, yeah, but I was in my personal study kind of learning about agency and how God gave us the gift of choice. Um, and that he gives us here to, and we get to choose right and wrong, but that with each of our choices, he doesn't expect us to just do it alone. That he expects us to like come to like a choice or a decision, but like ask him for help and turn to him and say, Heavenly Father, I have this really big decision, or this is a really hard thing I'm going through. I need your help, and he's gonna be there with us. But he ex- he's never gonna take away our agency, which I think is very applicable to like parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're right there to support and to help. Like you can't take away like your child's agency, but also I don't know, just helping your kids learn. To turn to the Lord first. Like, if they can turn to the Lord and everything, then they'll just be just fine. <laughs> you guys are much smarter than I ever was at your age. Oh, oh whatever. Also, <laughs> us giving all this parenting advice, never having this, it raised this, a child. This makes me want to die. I don't like it. <laughs> 
No, but I don't think you need to give advice, but you're just giving perspective, mm -hmm. right? Of like now that you're a little bit older and you're and you're you're out on your own a little bit more, that um, you have a different perspective than 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 me as a parent and a child who is still under their roof. Mm -hmm. So I think that your perspectives are important in that even if you don't have kids, it's important. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, good answers. I appreciate them. Yeah. Okay. So we're at the end of our time here at the end of the hour. Um, do you mind sharing your testimony with us before we leave? Mm -hmm. Sure. Definitely. Um, my testimony is that I know that when I read the Book of Mormon that I feel better and stronger and more able to resist temptation and therefore that's a testament to me that I know that the Book of Mormon is true. It's really God's Word. Um, I know that when I've made mistakes in my life and I've taken the steps to repent of them that I felt my guilt and sadness be swept away and therefore I believe and know that Jesus Christ truly did suffer for our sins and make it possible for us to have that burden taken from us and forgotten. I know that I've said a lot of prayers in my life where I've felt peace and love and I've said a lot of prayers in my life that have received tangible answers whether through a spiritual prompting or through something kind of external happening and coming to pass. And so I believe and know that Heavenly Father is really there and is watching over me and loves me. Um, I know that the promises that I've made with God in the temple have given me an added measure of power and strength in my life and have helped me come closer to God. And so I believe that the temple is truly a place where we make sacred covenants with God. And I, I know that when I do things that are spiritual in nature, that I feel, um, I feel good inside. And I feel often like kind of like a tingling, <laughs> um, almost like goosebumps, but not quite. Um, sometimes I feel like a peaceful balloon blowing up in my stomach. <laughs> and I attribute these things to filling the spirit. And I, I believe that the Holy Ghost does speak to our spirits and, and gives us guidance. Um, I know that I've gone to um, people in my life who hold the priesthood and received blessings. Um, and that they have told me things that they ha would have no way of knowing and given me guidance on specific things that I needed. And I believe that the priesthood is really God's power here on earth to bless his children and that that is only found in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints that priesthood authority and that is part of my testimony and i say that in the name of jesus christ amen amen thank you um my testimony is well first that the book of mormon is the word of god because as i've read it that i've like grown my relationship with my savior and just like i said before like he is so real and that he's there and i've learned more about Jesus Christ's atonement and how it can help me in my life and how he wants to help me and helps me through all of my struggles and how to like turn to him and pray and find that help. And I also know that Heavenly Father loves me and he loves all of his children so much. 
And I've just seen that through like little miracles in my day where we talk to somebody who needs to be uplifted or someone talks to us and it uplifts me. That he just loves me and that he has he's always there. He's guiding me in everything that I need to do and he's never gonna step away from me. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, this has been the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've enjoyed our time, our little hour together. It's been a lot of fun and I learned a lot. And thank you for sharing your spirit and your testimony with us and your experiences, ladies. Thank you. This Absolutely. is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being part of our board, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's we, our pleasure. We, we love this board. You guys are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That was so fun to learn more about Sister Shepherd and Sister Turnbow. We are blessed to have them here in the Roseville Second Ward for sure. Please let them know if you listened and what parts of their comments you connected with. And as always, a huge thank you to Nikki for conducting the interview. Have a great week, sisters. Mm-hmm.